Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 60, we continue with our discussion on the Star Wars saga with the original trilogy, the ones that started them all. We dig into the 1977 classic, then move on to one of the best sequels of all time, and finish off with Return of the Jedi. We hope you join us in a galaxy far, far away. We could start talking about the original Star Wars trilogy now. Oh, you mean the shit ones? Yeah. The ones that aren't very good. I think these are like... Those really old ones? Overall, the least popular. I gotta say, like, a lot of the effects look awful, and the story is kind of... I don't really care about these people. Um, Just not that great of movies. Not many people talk about them anymore. You know, George Lucas only really made the prequels because he just wanted them made, but no one really cared about, you know, the original movies. I don't think anyone cares about Star Wars. I, I've said Star Wars to people before, and they're like, what are you talking about? They don't even know these movies exist. Mm-hmm. So, overall, the least popular trilogy in the series. Everyone's always mm-hmm. just like, Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica. And I'm like, ooh, Star Wars ripper. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Dude, these are the American Sniper movies. and Lone Survivor. <laughs> Dude, these are the greatest movies ever made. What are you talking about? This I've said before that like the first Star Wars movie to me is like the greatest movie of all time. It's my number one movie of all time. Not even like that's my favorite, but just to me, I'm like that is the greatest, most important movie of all time. Yeah. And it it should be everyone's like main go to movie because it has everything. That movie literally has everything. They didn't need to make any. Not just more Star Wars movies. They didn't need to make more movies after that. They could have just been done. Like, wrap up all the shops. We're done making movies. Like, they, they did it. That is the greatest thing ever made. To me, anyway. I'm, I'm glad they're still making movies. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, Obviously, you haven't seen American Sniper. I forgot. Yeah, that masterpiece. Um, <laughs> but, yes, the Star Wars uh, original trilogy, as it's now been come to be known as... Given that we have, you know, two other trilogies to put side by side with it, uh, these are the movies that started in nineteen. One and two thirds trilogies <laughs> to put beside. <laughs> right, yeah, as we're not, of we're not done yet. As of the recording of this episode, one and two thirds other trilogies. But the original trilogy, which you know, written by George Lucas and then given to other creators as the series went on, started in nineteen seventy seven. Um, if you know anything about movies during the seventies, there were kind of darker. Uh, anti-hero uh, led films Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. took place in modern times often featured violence heavily um, had darker stories and super boring downer endings sometimes <laughs> boring but they did have downer endings and then here comes George Lucas out of the same crop of filmmakers who were making darker tales like you had you had Brian De Palma in that group you had Scorsese you had Frank uh, Frank Francis Ford Coppola Pretty Frank cool. <laughs> um, but then you had George Lucas who made an ext- pretty dark futuristic movie THX 1138 and then Alan Orr was like you know what I really want to make he's like I want to make a Flash Gordon movie and everyone's like that's stupid and the Flash Gordon people were even like yeah you're dumb we're not giving to the rights and he's like fine I'll just make a knockoff and it became the greatest thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and Flash Gordon made. became the knockoff <laughs> It's yes. funny because then they made the Flash Gordon movie in 1980. Flash! 
only because this movie did successful. I'm like, mm-hmm. quick, make a Flash Gordon movie! <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you just give it to George Lucas? But he made something better anyway. That should be a good... Uh, yeah, do you think if he made a Flash Gordon movie, it wouldn't... No, it, it would not have been good. It, I mean, it would have been fine, maybe. It would have been pretty interesting, but it would not have been a success. Star Wars became a success mm-hmm. because it was just like a new thing. Mm-hmm. That title alone, the title is so much about it. Like, that title is just too good. Star Wars. Right. Coming to a theater. How did you come up with such a just good title? Like, it's so simple, but it's... Star and well, War it doesn't rhyme, like, but it looks it's, similar. It started out as, like, has similar the adventures letters. of Luke Starkiller. Right. His name was going to be Starkiller, which is pretty, uh... The original name was American Sniper, and then they changed <laughs> it off of it. <laughs> <laughs> the origin of Kenny Chesney, you know. Star Wars. How did you guys learn about Star Wars? The first movie, anyway. Oh, okay. The original. The classic. How did you get to it? I think I had them on VHS. That, I... Which VHS? I can't remember, like, this was the time when I first discovered. Because it's just always been there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, I am... I got... Um, like I said in the last podcast, I <clears throat> saw the prequels first, saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters, and then immediately after watched the originals. Um, I know I've, I know I saw the originals before Revenge of the Sith, for mm-hmm. sure. That's Don't know if I saw them before Attack of the Clones. That's the correct way to watch them. Because um, I already knew. I was arguing with some kid, I remember, like, he didn't understand the canon and, like, the order in which they came in because it, I think, at the end of the movie, he was like, "Where was Luke? <laughs> Why wasn't he there?" I was like, "He wasn't. He was just born at the end." Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> it's kind of funny that that used to be such a weird thing to think about too. Like, why did they make them out of order? Why did they make four, five, six, and mm-hmm. one, two, three? It just makes it more confusing when you learn the history and that, like, starting with episode five, they started already calling it episode five. And like, just think like 1980, how that did would they, make zero did sense. Did they not put numbers till? No, they they put it in Empire. They started did with they? Empire, I and they it was just Empire. I thought they just had like the subtitle. By the time they did the uh, the 81 re-release of a New Hope, they already oh. put like a New Hope in there. And so so then George four. Lucas already had the plans mm-hmm. to do it. Like I knew he already had he had plans for not, for. So well, he is. It's been different things for years because at one point he was like, I only had the prequels. And at one point he said, I had nine. And he said, I had 12. Like, it keeps changing. He keeps claiming also that he had all of this. <laughs> He's going to come back. <laughs> I, I have uh, plans for 15. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have my new trilogy star furs. So it's it's a me? science fiction furry universe. <laughs> What if he, like, came out with a new sci-fi movie that, like, rivaled Star Wars and it was, like, better? And I was like, oh. Trek Wars. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark Hamill, you want to be in my clown rape yeah. movie? <laughs> well, because he wrote the big screenplay for Star Wars that was apparently very long, and that's why he had to break it up. And that's how he said he got all the different episodes was from that first screenplay. Mm-hmm. But that has been debated over the years because the original screenplay... Many have agreed that it's just literally what the first movie is, basically, but just more drawn out, not really having the stuff that's in the prequels in it. Not, mm-hmm. None of that stuff is really detailed, but he claims to have had all this stuff prepared. I've never believed him. Because he also, I mean, because the only reason I feel like I have proof he's lying 
is because Steven Spielberg, when they made Raiders of the Lost Ark, they were writing it, but George Lucas, right from the beginning, wanted Steven Spielberg to promise that he would do three Indiana Jones movies with him. And he said he already had them all written. And then once they started working on Raiders of the Lost Ark, George Lucas finally admitted that he's like, no, I don't have any of the other ones written, just this one. And Steven Spielberg was like, yeah, so he was lying. He said that in an interview. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he's famous for doing this, where he's like, oh, I have all this stuff written, when he's like, no, he doesn't. He mm-hmm. hasn't started. <laughs> um, Rage of the Lost Ark was supposed he, to be just a trilogy. What What other movies did he do? I know he did American Graffiti. He did Indiana Jones. He did, did well, Yeah, he produced a lot of stuff, and he, well, he directed uh, THX 1138, American Graffiti, Star Wars, and then the prequels, and that's it. He never directed anything else. So, um, that after he did Star Wars, he got big into producing and big into his Star Wars empire, basically, and yeah. never really made anything else. His empire of dreams. And, I mean, he produced a lot of things, and he helped create a lot of things, a lot of technology, and he he's, he's been involved in... He made the first... Um, system mm. that could do non-linear editing, right. basically what a computer does now. He mm. also pretty much helped Pixar get started, and he sold it off because he was like, I don't really know what to do with this, and then it became what it is now. Well, Steve Jobs was involved too. Right? Steve Jobs bought it from George Lucas, oh, and then uh, they worked with Disney to produce a movie, but at first George Lucas had it, but he was kind of like, I don't really know what to do with this, but just kind of do whatever you want, and at some point he was and like, then, I just don't <laughs> have money for this anymore. He had THX sound yeah, he was like what caused uh, theaters to actually start getting like good sound, sound. and especially at home because he was like sick of how the sound was. I wrote, I wrote a ten-page paper on him. Oh, really? In, in college? Yeah. Oh, dude, sweet. <laughs> on George Lucas? Well, George Lucas and Star. I had to fill. I, I it started with Star Wars, but I had to fill pages. So. Did, did you Did you read the uh, George Lucas book about his like life? I didn't. It's really it's a really good read. I, I just looked into a bunch of like journals and stuff on on like the college. But the dude actually to me is kind of tragic because, and even his colleagues have always said that, yeah, he did Star Wars, and then after that it was just like he had many ideas, but once Star Wars happened, it just took over his life, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And he never did like anything else. He even said when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney that he was gonna be making smaller artsy films. That he's like, but none of you will ever see them. Mm-hmm. But I assumed that some of them would be. Well, I assume some of it would be released in some capacity. But I kind of feel like he's lying again, like how he does about. Oh, I wrote all this. I wrote all the star- Indiana Jones prepared. He like, sold no, off his whole production company, though. No, but then, but he can still make movies. That's what he was planning oh. on doing. Like he was going to just make smaller movies on his own. And I was kind of not expecting it to be like Star Wars. I was expecting it to be like artsy, like he said. But there hasn't been anything in the last and he sold Lucasfilm in 2012 so I'm just kind of like been waiting because I'm like not I don't expect it to be good but I'd like to see him do something Mm -hmm. you know but I don't think it'll ever happen um but hey uh Star Wars the only thing I'm I'm very happy about is that I didn't know there was a special edition at the time when Mm -hmm. I saw them and I saw the VHS tapes that were before that so I I actually saw the technically the originals I did too because my dad had the original tapes so mm-hmm. that's like, like the that's original a, posters on, on yeah. like the box art yeah my dad used to go to bob video and rent them for me to watch and so i'm guessing those were 
something closer to the original. You know what? I know which ones those were because I remember. You probably rented the it, same it ones. The, <laughs> I I got them from my cousins. They were actually because well, the thing is I have all the different tapes that have ever been released. Like I've I've like I've like accumulated them over I, time. I have three different box sets, and then I have original or like what is it? Episode five and six separate. I don't have a New Hope mm-hmm. like of original release. I have the 1990 VHS release, which has the original, like, those posters on my wall has that poster mm. cover art on the VHS tapes. Maybe those are the tapes that I have. Those are the ones that I, I watched them on, and I own those ones now, because I bought them separately, uh, but there's also then the 1995 re-release, which is, those covers have, like, their faces on it, mm-hmm. like Yoda's face, the, uh... Darth Vader's face and a Stormtrooper's face. I have the box set for them. And those are the 1995 VHSs, and those are the ones Bob's video had. And that was uh, before the special edition. Okay. The special edition tapes are, like, the ones in, like, the gold cases or sometimes the silver. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, back there, if you look at it, I have the silver case. I also have one. that box set. Yeah, because I have the widescreen have the version. Wi- okay, I was because ask you if you have the widescreen. That's... Because since then, they've released on DVD, and they've released on Blu-ray, but every version of Star Wars is technically different. Like, mm-hmm. the DVD has different changes from the this special I, edition. I, yeah, I have the same one. And this set is the only way, besides if you get the laser discs, which are pricey, this is the only way you can see the special edition movies the way they were in theaters when they were re-released in 97. I found mm-hmm. this three bucks at Savers. <laughs> the, the widescreen version? I think it's the one screen. It's oh, the dude. same one. Yeah, because they have like the gold one, which is full screen. Mm-hmm. I bought that online though, because those are kind of harder to find because people yeah. have held on to them. Yeah, I found and it. I found it at Savers. Actually, when they sold these in '97, uh, does yours have the, the card in it? Oh, you should look. I might not, but might have the '97 widescreen versions. These were like pricier mm. uh, because they were widescreen, which is kind of ridiculous to me, but. Also, like, if you ever, if you find the gold tapes, they're always in bad condition, because, like, everyone bought those ones. The widescreen tapes are mm-hmm. always in nice condition, because, like, film lovers bought these ones. Yeah, I have the gold ones. So I have, I have the 95s. I have, or wait, is that the 95? This is the 97. This okay. was the special okay. edition release. I, so I have the 95s, I have the 97, and then I have... I don't know if it's like the 2000. It's the year 2000. I have that them. Yeah. And have it's like set. essentially this set, except they like kind of changed the box art. Um, if you've seen these tapes, the ones that are special edition, these are the ones where they had all the changes. Mm-hmm. And um, these are the ones that I, I don't recommend, yeah. um, especially. That's the one with like the crappy Jabba? Yes. Yeah. And that's and they even changed them up for the 2004 DVD. Yeah. But um, I think the Star Wars, the first movie especially, special edition, is awful. Like, because there's so many changes done to it, they add all that extra crap on Tatooine that doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be there. They add the Jabba scene, which is pointless, slows Mm -hmm. down the movie, and gives you nothing new that you didn't have before. And you you see the the Millennium Falcon before... Before the actual reveal, you see, like, other people that look exactly like Greedo, which, if you didn't know he was a species, you would just think it's Greedo, even though they're talking about Greedo getting killed. they wearing, like, the same clothes. It's, like, the same, yeah, because it was, like... We talked about this. We talked about this not too long ago. Right. Yeah. And, um, if you ever go find, watch the movies, don't watch the special edition of the original Star Wars. Empire's special edition, I don't think is that bad. Mm -hmm. Because... A lot of the stuff they fixed was on Cloud City, and I actually kind of like those changes. And for the most part, they don't change like anything to that mm-hmm. movie besides Cloud City. 
What were the edits to that? Just like the ships and stuff? Yeah, it's like and more digital and in Star stuff Wars, around. they add the aliens, they add like they do some editing cuts, they add in different special effects just to cover up matte paintings that look really I've bad. I've never watched to notice like the changes. Some of them are pretty noticeable once you watch the original cut. Like there's like the throne room scene, which always is most noticeable to me. I, I love the seventy seven version. That's the only one I'll watch, but the throne room scene when they're showing like the whole throne room, um, they didn't have enough people to fill it up, so there's a matte painting of fake soldiers <laughs> surrounding the scene where they're like walking down the hall and it looks horrible. It looks like a cardboard cutout, it looks awful. Well, in the special edition, they put, like, digital sh- soldiers there, and that looks way better. Yeah. But, like, that's... Is, is the light, like, shining so it looks like there's, like, a reflection on the cardboard? It just looks like, especially on the DVD that they had in, like, 2006, like, it's just... It's really bad and noticeable. Um, I know we're talking about special editions right now, but that's mm-hmm. my biggest complaint about these original films okay. is that... I know... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, just because they're not... You can't get them. Like, there's no way to get them unless... Uh, you have like a low quality version of it. So before Disney Plus came out, mm-hmm. I remember you were excited that we got the like rights to the actual Fox cut, like the original cuts. Yeah. And but we never got that. Well, cause so in the the whole copyright law, there was like a big change in copyright law, and it's the thing they can always read before every DVD you put in. That law was put into effect September 1st, 1977. And it kind of changed... I don't know exactly what the law entails, but it basically changed who owns the rights to certain projects and such. Mm -hmm. That was made right after Star Wars was made. Mm -hmm. So, uh, basically, Fox didn't need to ever, like, renew the copyright on their film at this point. I mean, if they renew it, they always would get the rights back. So... Even though Lucasfilm owned all the rights to the other movies and... They would get the releasing rights to them all by the time, like, I think it was 2020 rolled around. Then, like, Disney could start releasing them and get all the money. None of it would go to 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox forever owned the original Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is, like, the biggest problem to me as to how would you release the original cuts then. Mm-hmm. I figured once they bought 20th Century Fox, I was like, they own that movie now for good. So they could release the original cuts in, like, a big box set or online or. And they haven't yet. Which they should. Well, now my theory is yeah. that must have been part of George Lucas's contract when they. Which I don't know. I don't feel like Disney would agree to it fully. So I'm guessing there's a clause in there that says basically as long as he's alive, they can't release them. But I bet once he's dead, like give it two years and then they'll be released. I bet you that's part of the contract. It has to be because there'd be no reason at this point they could release a giant box set, or they might be waiting for Rise of Skywalker then to release a giant box set all with all of them. I, yeah, I would if they had. If it was like not just like because 2006 they released them on DVD. It was like an extra bonus disc, but it was just the laser disc cleanup versions of it, which they weren't that cleaned up. And also the letterbox was part of it was all messed up. Like it was smaller than the actual. It was like it was basically a full screen like VHS tape, but the widescreen was put on the full screen thing. And then I was on the digital TV, so it looked all messed up. And it was because that's how the laser disc was made. So even if you have that version, that's the only way you can get it on DVD. It still looks awful. If they actually went back and cleaned up the original negatives and put those out untouched, and yeah, release the other cuts, sure, I don't care, but release the actual original cut. Mm-hmm. Now, original cut is like a flawless movie. 
And the special edition adds Jabba, and it ruins it for me. Like, it slows down the movie. When we watched it in high school for a film class, I told the teacher, I was like, when the Jabba scene came up, I was just like, skip this. This is not in the movie. This mm-hmm. is false. This is wrong. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but... Anyway, we could start talking about the movies, you know, how mm-hmm. we th- think of them and such. What did everyone think about the first, the original Star Wars movie? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was, I think, in a way, like the last Star Wars movie I saw out of maybe all six movies. I'm, I'm sure I saw parts of it, but I know, like, when I would ask my dad to, like, rent Star Wars for me, he only ever rented Empire and Return of the Jedi. And, like, those are the two that I watched and then he had this friend from college who would come up from the cities and visit and he had a dvd player and he'd bring phantom menace and so when he would come up that was the thing we'd do on the weekends is we'd watch phantom menace and empire strikes back and return of the jedi and then when attack of the clones and revenge of the sith came out i got those those were like the first dvds my family ever bought but i still like my dad never really rented star wars and I think it wasn't until it was like on TV one day, like just on Dish, that I watched it for the first time in full. And it's like I already knew what happened from this movie because of Empire, but like I had seen snippets of it here and there. And um, so, it, but in a way, it was like it's kind of like almost the most recent in my memory of seeing it, which is it's the oldest one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, I see the difference in like tone between that one and Empire Strikes Back and like you know where it was clear he wrote one movie and then wrote oh, all the two albums. sequels you know together right after and um but you're asking how I feel about it because it was kind of like the last one in my memory like um we just did our 70s lists and it was like number one on your 70s lists yeah. and it wasn't even on mine like, I love Star Wars, but like this, there's not even a single Star Wars in my top ten list. Like, um, I really appreciate the movies, but sometimes when I watch them, I feel real bored, <laughs> and I hate saying that as being a film person. But like, honestly, like after watching all of them again, Empire Strikes Back is like the only one I really feel any like interest in, like the full movie. Where I feel like from the first scene to the end scene, I'm not bored one time. I love every interaction. I love every fight scene. I love every everything that goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, 80s movies. And I love, you know, I always talk about practical effects and puppets and stuff. And Star Wars is loaded with that. Um, but in general, I think I like it less than most people out there do. The original Star Wars movie is, I think, number three or five the first one yeah star wars. so a new hope is i think my it's number three on my list it's my number one. you are wrong i'm <laughs> wrong i'm sorry uh, star wars was like an actual history to me like it was my santa claus i didn't i already knew santa claus was real but i mm-hmm. for a long time i thought oh this did happen a long long time ago I mean, I was like three or whatever, but, and then I would have all the action figures and my dad would like 
sit down with me, watch the movie. I'd be playing with my action figures, and I'd ask him like about each one, like because mm-hmm. he knew. See, that's awesome that your dad knew that stuff. My dad just would put it on and leave the room, and then that was it. We you know. <laughs> I I I don't know. I I never. When I started watching Star Wars, this technically was the one I was like least into. Well, besides Attack of the Clones, I always hated that as a kid. That one, but yeah. this first one, I always found to be the least interesting. I guess because. Mm-hmm. It really was just, uh, it felt like a setup. It was like the beginning, you know, and there's other movies that have way more going on, and there's way more planets, and there's way more battles, and there's way more mm-hmm. yeah, tech. Also, the prequels have all the flashy color palette mm-hmm. and lights and action. Well, even in the original trilogy, this is like the brightest of the three movies. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. I feel like Return of the Jedi is pretty light. This Return is- of the Jedi? Uh, I mean, yeah, you're in desert planet, but you're also in the dark Jabba's palace for a lot of it, and then also in the forest. You're in the forest, which is like I feel like it's pretty balanced. There's a lot of dark nighttime stuff, and then there's like the dark fight with him and Vader at the end. But like, like a New Hope is like bright white ship, bright white desert. Oh yeah, the Millennium Falcon's like the darkest it kind of gets until you're fighting the Death Star. But even when you're on the Death Star, everything's like bright, like black. (laughs) Even it's like bright. So it feels way more lighthearted. I guess I always liked with the other sequels that there were just way more planets, and it seemed like more was going on. And then mm-hmm. you know, I, that other one, I, I always just kind of wrote off because even then, like it has the Death Star, but I was like, "How yeah, about the Death Star parts and Return of the Jedi are much better?" And mm-hmm. I never really treated it as like the historical significance of well, this was the first movie. Imagine seeing this in 1977, mm-hmm. but over time. You know, as a kid, I really liked Return of the Jedi, and that was, like, my favorite, mm-hmm. like, of the originals. And then, as a teenager, my favorite one was Empire Strikes Back, because I was like, oh, that's obviously the best movie, because it ends on a darker note. It has um, way more compelling character moments and such. And then, like, after college and going through film school and, like, actually watching a new... Because I... It was one I would skip a lot because I'm just like, yeah, I know that story. Nothing really happens in that one. It's just them running mm-hmm. around and being kids and Death Star Boom. But mm-hmm. actually rewatching it then again, and, like, that's the one I go back to the most now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, that's the best of all of them. It's, like, one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Be- I, w- I would bounce between... Uh, a New Hope and Return of the Jedi because Empire just always seemed so depressing when I was a kid. <laughs> I have to say, like, in we're kind of talking about all the movies, I guess, but like mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, it is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. It really is. But there is stuff in Return of the Jedi that I like better than Empire Strikes Back. Specifically, mm-hmm. everything that happens on the Death Star mm-hmm. between Luke and Vader. I find all that stuff super interesting. Super good, really emotional, mm. and um, I don't know. I just like Luke See, throughout that yeah, whole movie. It seems like there's more of an impact just with like the tension of them in the elevator or whatever they're wherever they're staying. Is it an elevator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then even the fight. Well, I mean, Empire. I mean, that's very emotional. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big reveal there, but like the tension of like the father and son 
Because, like, in Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader is just kind of angry over the last movie. I mean, you can even tell by the fact that he's mm-hmm. killing everyone uh, that is, like, becoming in charge. He just kills them and adds a new guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he doesn't have Tarkin there anymore to, like, hold him down. He's mm-hmm. just free reign. He's just kind of going crazy. By the Return of the Jedi, he's really, like, calmed down, and it seems like now that he did see Luke on Cloud City, it seems like he wants to have, like, an actual connection with him even though he feels like he can't. Mm -hmm. You actually kind of hear him talk before they go on to uh, back on the Death Star, you know, to see the Emperor. He's kind of, like, talking... I I believe him when he says that, you know, there's no going back for me or anything. You know, this is my Mm -hmm. destiny. This is your destiny. And it's almost like he kind of feels bad or, you know, he's just is kind of a lost hope at this point. I want to kill you. But I know I shouldn't. But I feel like I feel like it's <laughs> well. I feel like you know, it's not like him being manipulative towards Luke to lure him. Because then when he gets to the Death Star, you know the Emperor is all very evil about it, and Darth Vader's kind of on his side. But you know, before that, you could tell like, wow, he actually has some humanity going on here, and he doesn't want to do these things. But you know, well, I think he he wants to be. He wants Luke to be on his side. He wants to be with his son, but he wants him to be on his side mm-hmm. with the Emperor. Because, from his point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is they bring up, because uh, they talk about point of view in the third movie. They bring he's it like, up in the second one, too, a little bit. He's like, well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, they say that same exact term in Return of the Jedi. Like, Obi-Wan's mentioning I think at one they point. they mention it in every prequel movie, because Qui-Gon says something all these. Was- movies are about. It's about certain points of view. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon mentions a certain point of view it's at some point. So, But I just, like, yeah, I was kind of wondering with, like, the original, the first Star Wars movie, because it seems like people often will write that one off more mm-hmm. so than anything. Like, they'll say, oh, Empire's better. Or some people have even gone as far as to, like, Return of the Jedi better. Which, mm-hmm. I get both of that, but, man, it finally took me just, like, actually watching the movie and, like, thinking of it less as, like, a Star Wars movie compared to the rest of them because I'm like yeah the other ones do more things but I'm like but this to me is a better movie because it is like it's like the movie mm-hmm. it's telling the story mm-hmm. like the story everyone's heard but telling it so good and like again like for the first time and it and it's so mm-hmm. deep in every single like you could just feel every single creative process and creative story ever every element coming together in mm-hmm. like one great movie it just has everything and not as perfect adventure. Again, but have you watched American Sniper? It's <laughs> a good argument. I, I didn't think of that one. Or Evil Dead 2, just saying. Uh, American Psycho. I mean, before I mean before Empire now, uh, Return of the Jedi, has this movie become less for you over time? Because this is the one that people often say is the least. Return of the Jedi or A New Hope? Return of the Jedi. What do you think of that one? Like, does it depreciate? Or yeah, do you like over time? Have you liked that one less? Yeah, I think um, I, there's parts of it that I like more and more, and there's parts of it I like less. Like, <clears throat> I watched it last night, and the whole time they're on Tatooine, love it. It's one of the coolest gritty parts of Star Wars, and then everything with Luke and and um the emperor and darth vader is incredible um but it really loses me like when they're on endor like 
I really like have to fight the urge to take out my phone and just <laughs> start looking through other stuff. Cause like when it, when I was a kid, I loved it. I loved the speeder chase in the woods. I liked the you know how the Ewoks are using logs and traps and stuff like that. That stuff was cool. Mm-hmm. I like Han Solo kind of like leading a little group, a little battalion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like whenever you'd see like different forms of stormtroopers. You know, like how in Empire you have like these like snow looking ones, and then you have these forest ones like mm-hmm. scout looking. I liked that stuff. Um, ATSTs is that what those are called? Those the two legs that walk around. I liked all that, no, but those are, those are ATATs. ATAT. I think that ATAT was the big ones, four-legged ones. I think ATSTs the smaller ones, but I now when I watch it, it does like like I said, I want to just watch the beginning and then when Yoda dies, and then I want to skip to the parts with them fighting in the Death Star. Um, whereas Empire, I really like the whole movie. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Maybe I got, like, burnt out from ATSC. Empire, because yeah, it's ATSC. I, I think I just maybe watched it too much when I was, you know, Return of the Jedi? High school. No, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Because that is the one of, like, the, th- of the three movies that I think about the least all the time now, but mm-hmm. also I guess it is just because it's the middle movie. And yeah, for me, I really kind of don't like the downer ending, mm-hmm. just because I I don't think it's as like big a deal as everyone mm-hmm. else makes it. But everyone really likes mm-hmm. you know the darkness of that movie. Yeah, I'll speak to that because like when I first started like getting interested in movies and stuff, I started realizing like oh, Empire Strikes Back is the best one. Like I didn't really think that, and then the more I realize now when I think of like my earliest memories of thinking like I want to watch Star Wars I would think of Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. I would think of the Hoth battle almost immediately and then I would think of like the amount of time that they spend on the Millennium Falcon is Empire Strikes Back they spend the most time there where they're trying to fix the ship the that stuff's really hyperdrive good. yeah and, and you, you got Han and Leia developing a relationship C-3PO being annoying you know I always hated the Hoth <laughs> Really? I, I will say I, I, it's I, overrated. I always wanted to like skip through Hoth. Really? Like, I think it's overrated, but I still get really into it. I, I I like it, but it does that. I was gonna say that actually is a part for me that feels kind of long. Okay. Because like, I'm not yeah. too into it, but I'm into like the ingenuity <laughs> of it and yeah. the idea and. Yeah. But I no, and I'm it's, of course mm-hmm. nobody should take this out of context. I'm not I. The movies five out. These are all five no, out of five yeah. star movies. I, like, I these are these movies. like near perfect movies. But like that is a portion of it where I'm like I probably don't love it as much as everyone else because mm-hmm. I'm like I do kind of. If there's a part in Star Wars that I think is overrated, it really is. Huh? I, I will say as much as I so the Wampa scene, I love that scene, but I think it is the one part of that whole movie that. You could take that out, and the movie would be shorter, cut cleaner, and better because it would make the Hoth less. Because like, it seems so one hundred percent unnecessary. Other than that's where he gets the vision of Ben of Obi Wan. It's almost like they needed to add that because like Mark Hamill got in a car accident or something and it messed yeah. up his mm-hmm. face, and they needed a reason. It for seems that. so weird to open with the Wampa scene of all things. That he, is literally. Did you know that's literally the reason? Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, so you don't do that. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird though too to to like it to not think about that and watch it. It's like, why is this the very first thing? It's so weird to like get dropped into the story right then. Yeah, because it's not like anything like 
Star Wars, Star Wars does that. I mean, like where they'll just be random things mm-hmm. that like happen where creatures attack, and I I like that about Star. Wars. That to me is what makes, makes Star real. Wars. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it is kind of very weird that it's like right at the beginning. Like, it's a cool scene, but it's just it feels out of place we, because it's we so find soon. Our main character Luke Owampa oh, got him. <laughs> it's like yeah. wait, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the crawls coming up and then just stops. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my god! Now they have to go save uh, Luke, and then oh, it's shit. like two minutes later, like they have saved Luke, and I'm like, oh that. Mm-hmm. Oh okay, well you know it's really gonna mess with him mentally like they're moving on to the Hoth battle. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very confused by your structure movie. <laughs> I would like if, if they were to cut out the Wampa scene, you'd have to find somewhere to put in him having that vision of Ben, you know, or oh, Ben, Obi-Wan, because he says Ben, but when Obi-Wan like comes to him and says you need to go find Yoda, mm-hmm. you'd have to have somewhere where he gets into that dream state, like maybe like when he crashes that fighter like under the the ATAT, like he has this brief vision or something, you know, it's mm-hmm. to have him have a reason to go find Yoda. Because up until then, you don't, you know. And I thought they smelled bad. <laughs> yeah, see, but that's such a cool Honey scene. Outside. It's like one of the coolest scenes, but so out of place. God, those so weird to are have. awesome. <laughs> I love about those. I just, like, I, okay, the <laughs> now the thing that I associate with the hot battle is. Uh, family Guy Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking of that scene yeah. where Peter's like ah, 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 on the outside. Uh, there's uh, robot camels. <laughs> yeah, when the ATAT like falls over and it's like, ah, it's, like <laughs> it's like that's pretty good. Uh, old old Obi Wan Kenobi. I wonder if they mean old Ben Kenobi. <laughs> I wonder if they mean old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, okay, <laughs> um, John Williams! Oh, by no, the way, music of these movies, which we didn't even say much about in the prequels, mm-hmm. but man, it's like crazy like how mm-hmm. many good themes can come out of one person and for one like set of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one thing that Chloe said. was like, wow, these movies have a great score. They often say that like... Like, uh, the John Williams music saved a lot of these Star Wars movies from, like, making it go from, like, from a 1 to a 10. Mm. Even though, I, like, George Lucas was, like, unhappy with most of what was done in The New Hope. Like, right. he was disappointed in, like, all the effects. Yeah, he was, mm-hmm. like, disappointed in that movie. But oh, the I one suppose. thing that went beyond his expectations was the music. He said mm-hmm. that was, like, the best part of that whole movie. Um, well, I mean, which, the whole world disagrees with him, of course, but, like, mm-hmm. these, I get These it. models aren't good enough. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, space I, battles don't look good can, enough. Can I guess, be, like, in sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your yeah, George no, Lucas it's impression. It's okay. Um, it's okay. To like, not, I don't want to totally poop all over a New Hope because I do like it, you know. Um, but uh, if you put it up next to other science fiction movies of the seventies, like this, like Star Trek movies or like um, Logan's Run, I think came out in the seventies, mm-hmm. stuff like that, like. Star Wars still looks the best and like forever like my favorite part even more than lightsabers of Star Wars is the idea to use like World War II era weapons and modify them to make them look futuristic Mm -hmm. but everything is like a World War II weapon I love that and like my favorite part about the new movies is that too that they're going back to that like everything is a modified looking you know, Nazi looking weapon or something and, and I one hundred percent that will always be my favorite okay. part of Star Wars. So what's your guys' take on like the prequels have all this like super advanced technology and then it 
all goes to shit once uh, the original trilogy. I don't think it all does go to shit. Or is because it just like from our point of view, that's what we see? Because... Well, it's because they're on planets like Coruscant and Naboo. I never really thought, because I, I used to have the th- same thought, and my whole idea was like, well, it's just because those movies are older and these are newer. But real realistically, if you, you look at the making of um, the original trilogy, they purposely made everything look more dusty because George Lucas wanted the universe to look like used you know because he didn't like in Mm -hmm. sci-fi movies everything looked brand new and that is true if you look at other sci-fi movies that weren't based around star wars at the time like before that everything kind of looked like brand new all the time but Mm -hmm. then he did that (laughs) but then but here's the thing like it was on planets like naboo and coruscant which had a lot of money and had a lot of like ways to make their ships look nice naboo looked like like venice like it's old but has modern people like like a renaissance had happened you know I was kind of hoping that in the um, just because they were so focused on the used aspect of the original trilogy, and it kind of adds to it because it gives you the uh, better idea of how really like the rebels really are like underdogs, like they have like nothing. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that the new trilogy was gonna maybe mix it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They kind of did in the Last Jedi, but for the most part, it's been still like, oh, we have like crappier uh, weapons and crappier ships and such, which I was hoping they'd mix it up. Like, have stuff from... Maybe have, like, Naboo Starfighters yeah, from the, the, actually, the yellow ones? Well, because, you know, like, with the new trailer, how yeah, the, you're yeah. starting to see certain ships from, uh, not movies, but, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I, you it's you can tell there's a big battle. I'm really hoping they throw in some, like, Naboo Starships in there. Like, like, some kind of older-looking ones, yeah. but that would be cool. I really hope some they like deliver there. But my take on it was, yeah, the rebels were like scrappier. They barely had anything, but also like, since the empire has been in reign, like everyone's been kind of poor. Yeah, I'd imagine that would make like, more all, sense too. All money's been like going to the empire and like building their armies and ships mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, so that's kind of where I was thinking. I um yeah I, but that's the thing like that part part of it for the original trilogy technically was like ahead of its time by making everything look more used because most sci-fi movies are like make everything look like the future mm-hmm. and his movies were like it is the future but you know it's been like it's like 50 years into like and already they made this stuff in the future and it's like 50 mm-hmm. years later it's like finding old parts and putting it together and i i really like that stuff about it um i you know the original trilogy though definitely is the one that has the most look of like you can see when George Lucas really was getting his vision across, and at other times when you can tell that they um, were working with other people who had no idea what Star Wars... No one knew what Star Wars was then, so mm-hmm. the people who were working on that movie were like, probably knew what sci-fi movies were, and they're like, yeah, just throw this in here. You can throw this in here and mm-hmm. just add random crap. That looks kind of weird when you watch the other movies because none of it's referenced, especially if you watch the uncut version. In the uncut version, there's just like a werewolf creature. There's mm-hmm. someone who just looks like a werewolf. They made an action figure of it. Yeah, and they added it to the lore. They put it in comics. They have an explanation because that's what's Star Wars well, is so after cool. After the movie came out, they had like a whole book on like the creature book or whatever. Yeah, and well, and I mean, and it's like cool because they add him to the lore. They add a mm-hmm. species. They give him a name. But in in the real truth and everything, it's because they made that first movie and they probably just found spare parts. They're like, here, a werewolf. Mm-hmm. That was something he cut out of the special edition. Another thing they added to the cantina scene was just a giant centipede. It's just a giant looking centipede, which also became a thing in uh, the Star Wars Legends, which is like an actual creature. They have a name for the one at the cantina, everything like that. But 
realistically, it's because someone found the centipede, and George Lucas hated it, and he hid it in the corner. You can barely see it in the movie now. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, part of this is just, like, there were people working on this movie who were like, yeah, we're just making a sci-fi movie. Add this, add that. Yeah. Meanwhile, is- George is like, I have a vision. We need to make it more like this. Yeah. Is that giant centipede thing supposed to be the same thing from Solo? Like, gang boss? Because what, what I noticed for the first time is when... I don't even remember. So. Oh, did I say... I, I meant... I, I'm sorry. I said centipede. That's mm-hmm. not what I meant. I meant the praying mantis. That's what I meant. Like, uh, a, a giant praying okay. mantis. Okay. My bad. Because this last time watching New Hope, like, when Obi-Wan's training Anakin, uh, Chewbacca's playing that weird chess game with C-3PO. Mm-hmm. And one of the monsters on that board is this giant centipede-looking thing. And I'm like, is that the same thing that's supposed to be in Solo? Probably. Like the same species? That'd be kind of cool, actually. It's kind of neat. That's the only character I noticed that I'd seen anywhere else on that chess game. I can't can't wait till we talk about Solo because I'm just going to go on a big defense rant about it and how Mm -hmm. you're all wrong. Y'all should have saw it. It's great. I need to watch it again. I I love it, actually. I liked it, but not like... Not as much as a Rogue I, One, but I saved up money when I was a kid and got like the big Millennium Falcon, like that was like scaled to like the six inch figures, and it had like the pieces for the chess game. On really? It. Yeah, like it was that detailed. Huh. It's pretty cool. Is that the one that's in your grandma's basement? Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I. uh this whole trilogy is just so good and it's kind of hard to talk about any of the movies separate of each other because mm-hmm. I always like group them together at this point I always watch them all together yeah. and um, I even when I did my top 10 list I, w- I was trying to get by with doing mm-hmm. them all in one cat but you were like <laughs> pick one and I was like okay well the first one but still like yeah. to me they're all like one really good continuous story um, with so many just really well defined characters because they were just taking what the archetypes were for any other you know, like Hero's Journey or any other tale that had existed in yeah. pre-existing material, but you know, it, it works so well for this movie. Um, you know, you got the main hero, you got the princess or the uh, damsel, mm-hmm. I guess, both at the same time. You have the swashbuckling um, charismatic uh, guy who can mm-hmm. be a bit of a jerk at times. The evil the guy. The, the, the wise old master, mm-hmm. the helpless um people who just you who are the story's kind of told from their point of view and they're meant mm-hmm. to be some what funny characters that's c3po and r2d2 so many um based on just so many like like things that had existed before mm-hmm. and just making one movie that so well defined let um, me let me paint i don't want to cut you off are you, are you on time no i'm just I, I so let me paint you a scenario okay imagine that for some reason every single hard copy of four five and six had an expiration date and then they all just burst into flame and were gone and all we had was disney plus okay and then imagine that the the overlords of disney (laughs) were like uh we don't have any room for these star wars movies we have to erase two of them out of the original three okay (laughs) and they're doing a fan pick <laughs> where you guys have to vote which of these movies is the only one that's going to be left forever on the Disney Plus for you yourself to watch. You're not thinking of other people. You have to be selfish. And you're like, really? Yeah, that's the only one you need. 
I'm but sorry. Is that but that the one you want? Here's the thing. Even if you get down to like a story level of it, the other ones you need like other movies to enjoy them even. And that's true with any sequel. And I'm not gonna get into a whole oh a sequel can't be your favorite movie. No, it can be, but you you still most of the time need other movies. And with those ones, mm-hmm. you do. But the, the first, first one has everything. The but first one has a beginning, a middle, and end. If it, it mm-hmm. ends where it does, and you don't need to know the story beyond that, yeah, you want but to it's, know more. But this is more for your personal enjoyment. You, the first, the first one. You're not thinking of other people, and I'm not. it's just you. Is this the first one? Okay. I, I want to hear why. Which one it is for you? Empire Strikes Back for me. Okay. Because of, it has the most interesting scenes for me. The most emotionally attached scenes for me. Um, and it still has a lightsaber fight that is cool and not like. Little hey, tapping around. You leave that fight alone. That's a that. I'm just saying. A lot of going on in that battle. Probably, but still. You can't win, Doth. Yeah, maybe. I have to say, I do like the YouTube <laughs> version of that where they like did the deep fake and change uh, that. I wish you would have like said, "I have the high ground." I have the high ground. <laughs> I have the high ground. <laughs> it's clearly just level. Bitch. Um, <laughs> um, but so like, I I just. For my own personal enjoyment, like I said, I'm not worried about other people. My argument, though, for, like, having the first one being the only one you need, like, the first one is, like, paced like a serial. Like, it's not... It does drop you into the middle of the grander story. Right. Like, the rebels are already in Flea, and, like, you know... I know th- but th- it ends with the Death Star blowing up, and they're, you know, whereas this is, like, a small mission where, like, we have to blow the Death Star, or we have to kill Vader. It's their running and he has to go train with yoda and then he has to save his friends like that's like the whole movie but for my own personal that's the one i like empire ends with a cliffhanger (laughs) but i'm saying like for me my personal enjoyment that is the one that i I personally love the most out of the three i would be okay with the other ones by having to choose to get rid of two forever and never be able to see another one again empire is the only one i would love to see more and more and more Phantom Menace only. I don't know. Like, what's cool about Star Wars? Uh, A New Hope, I guess. Um, it 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 feels kind of like Lord of the Rings, where it feels like there's all this pre-existing stuff, but you don't need it all explained. You don't need everything because mm-hmm. this is like the final chapter, and there's more chapters after that. Now there's even more chapters after Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. it's like that's what's cool about you know any series or any kind of book. You can add things to it. You can learn more, but. It's like really realistically, if you just had that one movie, I would be so satisfied, and I'd always want more. Yeah, but I'd be fine if there wasn't more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe, which is the one you'd want to? The first one. Yeah, see, she's got the. I am mm-hmm. okay. See, I. But this also isn't that you've never seen the other two. This is like today. There's yeah. no other Star Wars movies in existence except for the one that you get to pick. I, I'd be so fine with getting rid of Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. I hate those movies. Caravan of Courage. Final answer. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's so hard. And Empire... No, I only want the Christmas special. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. It's probably fun enough to be <laughs> worthwhile to watch over and over again. Empire Strikes Back is the first one where they start getting a well-defined look for Star Wars and the weapons and mm-hmm. for the way they talk and for like everything mm-hmm. and that movie is the best written one it's the best written one and it's got the best dialogue and some mm-hmm. of the best um just like actor in like acting in it yeah because 
the director wasn't George Lucas, it was Irving Kirshner, mm-hmm. who had experience in the business, and he didn't really do, like, movies like that, he did, like, kind of smaller movies, mm-hmm. and, um, only really did Star Wars, because George Lucas knew him as, like, a professor at his school, mm-hmm. and then, like, just randomly asked him, and he, like, didn't want to do it, but his, like, agent basically mm-hmm. forced him to. Hey, do you want to direct the greatest sequel of all time? No big deal. Because, <laughs> no, because he told, he told his, it's kind of funny, he's, um, in the documentary, you can watch it, and he's, like, told his agent about it. He's like, well, they want me to do the sequel to Star Wars. And he's like, are you serious? Do it! Because it's like, that was the most anticipated mm-hmm. sequel at the time. Um, and I don't know, that's why I always thought it has the best acting, because he was probably more experienced with actors. Uh, it's best mm-hmm. writing because it's Lawrence Kasdan who wrote the story. Uh, I mean, who wrote the screenplay. And he is an excellent writer. I, I actually think he's highly underrated in the business. I wish he would have, like, gotten more bigger movies, because mm-hmm. he also did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Another mm-hmm. wonderfully, one of the best written That one's on ever. my top ten. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, that that's my favorite Spielberg movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the best, like, also, I think, written movies. And I'm like, it makes me sad, because, like, he often goes, I think, overlooked when it comes to speaking about Star Wars or mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. And he also uh, co-wrote Force Awakens, and to me, I'm like, there's elements of Force Awakens oh, yeah. as far as, like, dialogue goes and pacing goes mm-hmm. that is a lot better than uh, some of the other Star Wars movies. And I think it's because he's just that good. He also co-wrote Solo, which mm-hmm. I'm like... So I'm looking at right now. I forgot that he co-wrote I know he did Wyatt Earp. I remember seeing pictures of him and Abrams sitting around. So, like, I think I really wish he would have gotten, like... Because he's gotten work, but I mean just bigger work. Because I'm like, he wrote... I mean, two of the best movies of the '80s, back to back. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's not you can't say that every day. Um, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back also just adds so many like extra things to it. Like Darth Vader is actually even more evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the Emperor show up. An incest weird. scene. With the Wasn't weird, it like a woman actually? Was, yeah, a woman with chimpanzee eyes on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, which they edited. That's another edit I like in the special edition. Uh, when they actually added the actual actor. Um, Wait, what? What's this? In the original cut, they didn't have like the emperor lined up or an actor or what he was going to look like, so they just put a cloaked figure with, and it was a woman with chimpanzee eyes, and then they like dubbed her voice later, hmm. and it was just a random guy's voice, and that was the hologram. Well, when the DVD came out for in 2004, while they were filming Revenge of the Sith, they kind of just took Ian McDermott in the makeup aside and they're like, hey, do you want to just do the dialogue from Empire Strikes Back real quick? Hmm. And they like filmed him in the green screen and then they added him to the hmm. original, like Empire Strikes Back, which to me is way better because I'm like, yeah, it's the same actor, so that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, you get, you know, you get Boba Fett, which isn't like obviously he's memorable just because you know he's got a sizable portion in this movie but he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything and he just has a cool side to him which I think is kind of ruined in Return of the Jedi and um yeah. you got all those all those bounty hunters are just so cool and um that's the thing like this movie's just filled with so many cool mm-hmm. like details because they really filled this mm-hmm. up with a well defined because they had more money and it was a highly anticipated sequel so they had more stuff to put in it yeah make it more defined um but yeah it's like it's hard to say anything about that movie that hasn't been said I mean the big twist that everybody knows about at this point but just imagine in 1980 going to the theater Mm -hmm. finding that out and 
it, it, it wouldn't have been that obvious. It's mm-hmm. not like that was a huge cliche at the time, but even then, mm-hmm. I think there were some people who watched the first movie and thought Darth Vader was a robot and didn't realize he's mm-hmm. actually human underneath. Um, and that that's the thing. They just they, they make that twist and then you just leave it there. And then you have to wait three years for the next movie and it, you're kind of questioning it once you see the first movie. You're like, well, Obi-Wan said that he killed that Darth Vader killed Anakin, so why is he the father then? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Is he lying? Is it... And it's, like, highly, like... That thing was, like, highly, like, secretive because the only people who knew about the twist was Mark Hamill, uh, the director, you know, and George Lucas, obviously Lawrence Kasdan did as well, and um, James Earl Jones, who said the line. Even the guy who played Darth Vader, David Prowse, didn't know the secret because mm. they had him say the line Obi-Wan killed your father and he thought that was the big twist mm-hmm. but uh, Irving Kirshner took uh, Mark Hamill inside and said by the way he's gonna say this but react as if he says Darth Vader is your father because that's what he's actually saying and then they dubbed in James Earl Jones later mm. which when James Earl Jones read it he, he thought it was a lie like he thought he was lying to him and that was gonna be like revealed in the next movie he didn't know that they were actually gonna run with that mm. Yeah, um, it's a gamble almost. Kind of, For I mean, performance. Like, well, and especially since I mean, in story too, because it's like, where do you take that next then? Mm-hmm. And I think what they did with it was just extraordinary. Like, I do like that part of Return of the Jedi, especially like Ian McDermott as the Emperor, which is he's almost yeah. kind of like a little bit silly, but he makes it work. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for me to be like that. That villain shouldn't be like that fun in what's supposed to in be in Return of the Jedi yeah like he's I, I mean he's kind of fun he's having yeah, he's fun in the camping. role I think he's still though he's still he seems more serious than Revenge of the Sith <laughs> cause like in Revenge of the Sith is like that's my favorite expression of him by the way in Revenge <laughs> yeah, of the too. Sith I, I played it like three different times he's, he did he rewound it three times well it's because he's such a good like he's such a good Sith Lord and probably mm-hmm. a good swordsman that it's like Fighting anybody's just like a joke to him. At well, this he can point. finally do it too. He's yeah. probably been oh, holding back yeah. for years. Like, but like, you know, in Revenge of the Sith, from when he's first revealing himself to like Mace Windu and those other Jedi, or like when he's fighting Yoda in the Senate chambers, um, he's kind of weird and wacky. You know, mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, he's a, for me, he seems a little bit more serious. You know, he's really laying back into that old man in the chair role you know pulling the strings but I don't know what favorite favorite scene in the original trilogy Ooh. I don't know when Han Solo is being frozen in carbonate probably mm-hmm. maybe that might be it yeah that's a good scene I mean that or the whole lightsaber fight Right, like when Luke gets there to Cloud City, it's not one of those I, two. I really love the trash compactor scene, and but I also mm-hmm. really love the whole sand barge sequence in Jedi. Mm-hmm. I was born here, you know. You're gonna die here, you know. <laughs> I actually love that line, but someone did point out the other day. It's like Han knows he was born there. Like he literally met him there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good point, but still. Um, uh, you know that that was actually the rise of the podcast guys I was watching their podcast and they mentioned that but I was like oh, that's, that's, that's a good point but still I like that <laughs> line 
I um my favorite scene in the whole trilogy is um when Yoda uses the force to get that ship out of yeah um, the swamp. It goes into like that E. T. esque type of score. That's like one of my favorite. That, pieces. And it's like the first time we really see the force at like its full mm-hmm. force. <laughs> Do you guys know Yoda's first name? Is it? Yo 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 yo. Yo duh. I just yo 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 duh. Originally, George Lucas had his name as Minch. Minch. Minch Yoda. My name is Minch Yoda. He looks like a Minch. Friends call me Minch. And then and then when they did like the Dark Horse comics. Uh, they had like a one-off Minch, like older, like it was a young Yoda species named Minch. Minch. And he went to Dagobah <laughs> and chased a dark Jedi into a cave, killed the dark Jedi, and his essence stayed in the cave. I wonder what, who Minch was. Hmm. <laughs> All that stuff with Yoda was just great because they make him so unassuming at the beginning, and he's kind of silly. And it's like this stuff oh, as oh. you're watching, it's like, <laughs> wow, this could almost not work, but mine, it just. And he starts hitting him with that cane, and it's like, but he's totally doing it just to mess with Luke and throw off his expectations. Yeah, man, I love that scene so much. Oh, I and um, I watched it twice because I loved it so much. <laughs> and I want to know, like, when people saw that, like, did they know that that was the actual Jedi Master, or were they like thrown off thinking, why is he meeting this guy? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, going from Obi Wan, who is all stoic, to like that, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, especially with Obi Wan being so obvious and everything. I um yeah, but that Dagobah scene to me is like so great because it's just to me just pure cinema, mm-hmm. um, at like the highest. I that's one of my like just favorite scenes in general. Mm-hmm. But I do really like the ending of uh, A New Hope as well when they're raiding the Death Star, and you really take into account like the whole like wow this is just all the odds are against him and mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. finally just lets into his like just let the faith come in and just you know the force or whatever but the bigger metaphor behind that um and just like believing in yourself and finally being able to get that impossible shot that mm-hmm. for some reason um jen ursel's father thought someone was gonna be able to do that <laughs> right <laughs> i would love when we get to the sequels and spinoffs just to talk about um plot holes that have been fixed with the spinoffs slash sequels that i love one of them the fact that there was like a flaw in the Death Star, I love that that's been written into the canon that it was on purpose. Or mm-hmm. the fact that a parsec is not a distance of travel, but it's like, oh no, it's it's a it's a measure of distance, not a measure of like how fast you can go. And and instead, like Solo actually found a way to explain that. Yeah. And there's like, because there's not a shorter way to do that, but he actually found a shorter way. And I was like, holy shit! I'll make you wrote like out one of the biggest plot holes in the series like good for you movie <laughs> um but yeah i uh that scene's my favorite but least favorite scene in the is original is there a least favorite scene i want you to find something in your original oh, trilogy you don't like is this bad scene in general or is it misplacement of the scene misplacement i guess but just something you don't really I'll like i'll do one of each oh wow cuz my misplacement scene is probably the wampa scene <laughs> i love it I don't think it's a bad scene. It's just was weird where it is, but mm-hmm. um, give me some time I'm the for Wampa, the bad scene. I'm the snowman, <laughs> and I don't take nothing from no <laughs> Um, I don't know. I would say um, probably the real quick. There's a real quick moment in Return of the Jedi where like Han comes over to Leia after 
Luke has left and like revealed that they're like related. Oh yeah. And Leia like doesn't tell Han right away. Yeah. And then there's like a part where she's real quick like, hold me. And they like hug and I'm just like, <laughs> oh. I'm, like awful. I'm like just based on what the last movie was like. I'm like awful, 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 awful. I know. Yeah. Their whole so, relationship in Return of the Jedi feels kind of weird. I've always known. <laughs> I, I don't know. The special edition changes shouldn't count, but I mean that stuff I don't like either. Like the Jabba scene and the New Hope is dumb, but the worst thing is the Jedi Rock scene where they're like singing at Jabba's palace. I thought you meant when when Luke was. I thought you meant when Luke was stacking the rocks on. In Empire, I'm like, what? That's one of the coolest <laughs> shots ever. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like so. Yeah. That was not in the original movie. In the original movie, those characters are actually in it. They tried yeah. to attempt that like girl with the really skinny legs, but big body, and they like could barely do it mm-hmm. as a puppet. And then the new one, they're like, we can make a CG version of it and have like a song in it. And the name of the song is Jedi Rocks. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I it's oh, it's awful, and Weird. I skip it every time. Um, man, worst, least favorite scene. Least favorite scene is hard. Come on, you gotta think of something. There's gotta be something you don't like in the whole Star Wars original trilogy. Do you like everything in it? I mean, I. Pretty I'm much just do. trying to. I'm. I'm literally watching the movies in my head, trying to find something. <laughs> Start at the beginning. Okay, go go go. Crawl. Fast forward. I don't know. I kind of want to say like probably something to do with the Ewoks. Probably. I. I you don't like the Ewoks. Not like a, I hate them. I love the puppets, and I love that you know, having little people be Ewoks I like that but um, <laughs> I don't know There's, we spend a lot of time with the Ewoks and it feels like the tone of that movie gets really mixed up for me going back and forth between Ewoks and then like stuff with Luke and I don't know it is kind of weird when you go from the Tatooine part which is literally that whole everything of them on Tatooine to the moment they're out of, back in the atmosphere or mm-hmm. back in the space anyway. Um, that is an entire hour of the movie. Like, that is a long sequence. And then to go from that to yet another extended sequence on Endor of just mm-hmm. kind of hanging out with the Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But I don't, like, mind it because I still, I still like them. I like that there's these even more, like, of an underdog taking on the Empire yeah. I guess people get, like, they make fun of it. They're like, oh, teddy bears took down the Empire. But I was like, I don't know, I think it was making a comment on, you know, it's not about technology, but it's about using your wits, and if you're a better, smarter fighter, which they were, mm-hmm. I mean, because they knew those jungles, I mean, it's almost a kind of a comment on Vietnam, mm-hmm. and how we were like, we could do this, and, like, they just, we didn't know the jungles. Yeah, underestimated, yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess I kind of think it's dumb that we have another Death Star, but on the other hand, I know why. <laughs> and, I, and I know why we needed to have Yeah, it. I'd probably even say, yeah, Lando flying the Millennium Falcon is cool, but blowing up a second <laughs> Death Star is pretty wearing long. Han's clothes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes! Why? Well, I'm like, whoa. Like, it's He's in wearing- Empire, too, I think. He's already wearing his clothes have at you, the end of Empire. Have you ever seen Family Guy? 
No. They did that in like the episode they did on Return of the Jedi. Yeah. At the very end of it, when they're at the ending scene, Brian <laughs> looks at the audience. He's like, "Why is Lando wearing Han's clothes?" Like, seriously, if you watch the original movie, he's wearing Han's clothes. That's it's really what, weird. That's what made me rewatch it and see. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he's not even cold yet. He's already put on his clothes. I don't mind <laughs> second Death Star just because my whole thing is they could have done something different, but at this, they are still doing different stuff there because there is the Endor battle. Right. There is the stuff on the Death Star that's different. Yeah. So, but, like, I get why, but, like, it's it's, dumb that it's another Death Star. <laughs> it is annoying that, you know, it kind of makes it almost worse, too, because then Force Awakens did yet another freaking Death Star, and I swear to God that they do that in Rise of Skywalker, I will scream at the theater. because you they made Endor a Death Star. I mean, I, 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 I talk it up. I'm not The giant Ewok in the space. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, like, an empire of Ewoks. They're, gonna, they're all, like, they all have, like, They're going to... Bring in Mega Maid from Spaceballs. I, no, I don't <laughs> need to be a hyperbole with Mega it, but like seriously, it's that would transformer. be ridiculous if they did that. You know, since we bring, keep bringing up different like um, parodies of it, what is your favorite? Also, I guess like Star Wars parody, Spaceballs. Uh, Thanks. So. Yeah, Spaceballs. I haven't seen enough of the Robot Chicken or the Family Guy stuff to. I know Spaceballs in and out. It's so. different comedies, though. My favorite one is the third Robot Chicken Star Wars episode where instead of doing random bits they did like the whole movie's linear but from like Palpatine's like perspective uh, was that the one where it's was like <laughs> diddle, 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 ping uh, what's the out here in yeah that's the how well, that's when it begins with Bob O'Reilly and he's like being thrown out the <laughs> thing he's like how did I get here I was ruling the galaxy <laughs> and um because they do it from his perspective, they do it from Anakin's perspective, and they do it from that uh, that, that stormtrooper's perspective. But also, they do it from that council member's perspective, because he goes back to the council yeah, and they're all murdered, the and he's like, "Oh my god!" And then he like hides on the Death Star with a mustache as a cook. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like telling the whole series like linear. Like that's my favorite. That that is, yeah. But the Family Guy ones are really funny. I, I think I think I have to pick the Family Guy one. Now look at this couch. We just left this nice couch here. You know, you know what? I'm taking this couch. Because <laughs> then they're trying to rush into the Millennium Falcon, but they're trying to shove the, like the couch up there before they leave. And like that, you gotta twist it. You gotta twist it, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> just leave with it wedged in. <laughs> um, I there's and uh, Phineas and Ferb did a Star Wars episode, and yeah. they made one really funny joke that because it was something that Ferb was Darth Maul, right? I don't remember. <laughs> But because I, I remember only this one joke in A New Hope, when the stormtroopers are looking for the droids out in the desert right after they landed that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that escape pod on there. One of the dro- uh, stormtroopers he says, "Look, sir, droids," and he's got this like little piece picked up. But he's like, I guess it's meant to represent like, oh, they dropped something, so there must be droids here. Well. <laughs> In Phineas and Ferb, they do that thing where he's like, "Look, sir, droids," and like the guy responds, he's like, "No, that's just a piece of metal you picked up. What are you talking about? That's not a droid." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, finally, I'm like, someone pointed that out because that is such a weird like mm-hmm. thing, like weird way of like Looks putting the droids. dialogue in there and represent something." <laughs> okay, Look, sir, droids. Hey, a penny. Yeah. <laughs> See, it just brings me back to family. <laughs> we need to comb the galaxy, the, the desert. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you we guys find? Shit. We found the shit. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> space balls the t-shirt space uh, balls the lunchbox okay, space balls the flamethrower it, it's the either space balls or, it's either space balls or family guy I, I can't mm-hmm. pick pizza the hut got stuck in his limo and ate himself <laughs> <laughs> to death. you're delicious 
what am I? He's uh, it's the point when he says, "Get ready for metamorphosis." Kafka, because Franz Kafka wrote them book Metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> got Wait. the sweeps. Got the creeps. Got the beeps. Way before <laughs> Last Jedi. Uh, did the whole tracking someone in space uh, in hyperspace mm-hmm. uh, Spaceballs actually did that because they literally like passed them they went the plaid <laughs> they went too fast <laughs> it's like fast forward through this in fact never play this again yeah. <laughs> what's this he's like this is now What? what's happened to then that was then but this is now <laughs> we'll go back to then we can't Why? we just missed it when just now <laughs> When will then be now? I love that they're like going through like the VHS. I love that they have like a pile of VHS tapes, but they're all Mel Brooks Mel movies. Because <laughs> that that tape they picked for Spaceballs, that cover art is literally the cover art they used for the video cassette. Because yeah. actually, if you find the VHS tape mm-hmm. when it was originally released, it actually says on there. Because like the joke of the movie is that it's also called Spaceballs, the video cassette. They actually put that on the video cassette. That it's called Spaceballs, the video cassette. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, Spaceballs is great. Ugh. Man, we should just do a Mel Brooks episode. Just I would, talk about I would love that. We've brought him up a couple times. Um, it's because I keep bringing up Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the Star Wars trilogy. Is there anything else you want to drop? I mean, we really just kind of yeah. talked about these as one. I feel movie, like we haven't even like touched on a lot I of know. the story. Like I feel we talked a lot about how the movies are made. A ton about George Lucas. We've talked about stuff we were into and not into. But I don't know. Do you, should we talk about anything about like character casting or like, actor casting or anything like the actual roles being played? Like how like Han Solo has influenced culture, Leia, Luke, and stuff like that. Like yeah, they're just they're they're just all perfect in the roles they're in. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how like it just seems like so lucky it to me that they did so well. Yeah, like <laughs> Mark Hamill is great as Luke Skywalker. Uh, he often gets. For a while, he was overshadowed by Harrison Ford, which, I mean, he's great in the role. He's one of my favorite actors, um, and he's so mm-hmm. good at playing that character, too. Um, and they're all just so charismatic. Everybody mm-hmm. is. And I mean, James Earl Jones playing Darth Vader's voice is such mm-hmm. ideal casting. He's, like, more famous now, even, but, like, just the idea of someone thinking, yeah, we should put that voice behind that mask. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a good idea. Um, and I don't know, like, it's... It's just kind of like a perfect meld of everything. And there's other performances that are good, too. Like like Governor Tarkin, played mm-hmm. by... Um, oh, crap. I'm going to forget his name now. But, yeah. I, uh, oh, why am I forgetting his name? He's serious. I should I not know. be forgetting his name. Um, I shouldn't I'm embarrassed. It's the guy who was in Dracula. But he's, got, he's really awesome in his role. He's only in the first movie, but, like... Mm-hmm. Played by Peter Cushing. Oh Peter Cushing. Yeah. Because when, when that showed up in Rogue One, I, I, I was sitting next to Austin because I was like staring at him. I'm like, I'm like, this makes no sense. He's like, he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, it's not. That's the guy from like the first movie. And I was like, no. I'm like, that guy is dead. Like, like. <laughs> and then Austin's like, oh, he died recently. I'm like, he died in the nineties. I'm like, how is he there? <laughs> he died like, recently. I'm picturing you like standing up and yelling this in the TV. No, yeah, that was. He's not real. <laughs> 
Dude, when you guys saw Rogue One, was that kind of was that one of the weirdest things you've ever seen? Because like it was so good that I didn't know he was dead, but I definitely knew him. Like that guy is not real. I was like legit. I'm so confused. How are they doing this? Like he's dead. I was impressed. I was immediately like, once I found he was dead, I'm like, is that legal? Like. That really that brought that? up a lot of questions, and now they're even doing like, uh, they're bringing back an actor to be in the movie. Um, God, what's his name? Oh, shoot, now I'm forgetting. James James Dean. They're bringing back James oh, yeah. Dean, hmm. the actor. They're not bringing back a character he played. Because here's the thing: I think there at least is a limit when it comes to like bringing characters back in CG form. Because Tarkin was a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Peter Cushing, but I mean it's a character, and I it's right before a new hope, so mm-hmm. I get why they wanted to do that. But these guys are literally recreating James Dean in CG, and their explanation is we were trying to think who would be the best for this movie, and we kept kind of thinking about James Dean, and none of the other modern actors would fit the role. And I'm like, really? Like you can't hire new people to play new characters now? We're gonna bring people back from the dead? But who's gonna be James Dean? What do you mean? Oh yeah, like who's gonna do? Voice, I have no idea. The but that's what they mean. That's like stupid. Like he's not playing like a character just, he's famous for. Just he's literally you just faking a face on it's an just, actor. Uh, it's just a new character he's playing, but played by James D. I'm like that's stupid. That's really that's lame. when you're going too far. Wait, what, that's like what, what even lame. Like ethically, not just because of James D. But because of like you're robbing new actors of roles. Right. You know, it's some dog movie. Literally. I think they're doing it as a big publicity stunt, honestly. Like, they really? must have the money, and they I think they just want a publicity stunt. It's a really stupid idea. But, You're cause, breaking me apart! Because when I saw Peter... Have Steve Buscemi play it. Well, because I saw, when I saw Peter Cushing come to life, I was like, dude, not... I was, like, thinking right away. I was like, oh, you could make a movie with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing again. Like, mm-hmm. another Dracula movie. I'm like, better, yeah. I'm like, you could bring Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi back to life and make, mm-hmm. like, another Frankenstein Dracula movie. I'm like, that mm-hmm. would be so cool. But I was like, that's when you're starting to go a little far, you know? Um, no, the story for Star Wars obviously works, too, because it's just like... I said the first movie is like every classic story, but I really get behind the whole journey of Luke's. Like, he is a character I really admire. I feel like he's relatable to a lot of people. You know, the side of goodness... Mm-hmm. That also, I think, works even better now that the prequels exist, because you can see, like, one form of that path and how you can go the wrong way, but mm-hmm. how he just kind of, just as a matter of choice, went the right way, you yeah. know, and did, like, things better. And I still like, and I like the new movies, too, that, you know, like, people are mad that they changed Luke's character. I was like, well, but realistically, I'm like, think of any old person ever. Every single old person I can think of changes their ideology from when they're like for last jedi i didn't feel like they really changed him honestly i didn't well people were annoyed that that they go for he goes from like return of the jedi with so much hope and he's like i'm gonna make the next people of jedi never give up and then like in the last jedi he like gave up and he had a completely different ideology as far as jedi Mm -hmm. go but like my my whole reasoning is like have you ever talked like have you ever seen like especially with famous people you can see this Mm -hmm. when they're younger they have a completely different like ideas than when they become old like mm-hmm. you got people who are younger they're rebels and they're like be yourself and then people get like set in their ways when they're older and they start believing yeah. less that's like the point and he's been like that for probably 20 years because of Kyle Ren did that when he was a kid you know yeah and I'm like and that's why it makes that ending of that movie so much beautiful more, like more mm-hmm. beautiful because he finally like extra redeems himself at the end yeah I, th- I think like 
watching Return of the Jedi and seeing Revenge of the Sith a little while ago and seeing the comparisons between like the ending of that trilogy, the ending of this trilogy. Um, there's so many points, and I think they're going to do that with the the sequel trilogy now too. But like where Luke goes into this fight even keel yoda's like are you ready to fight vader no you're not you have your emotions under control and still like the emperor gets him to fight darth vader Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing he said he wasn't going to do and he still gets him there yeah he gets to a point where he cuts off vader's hand and the emperor's like kill him you know do it you know (laughs) and he does he throws his lightsaber down and Mm -hmm. says i'm not gonna obey you and that's like the the big victory for Luke, but he still did give in for a moment. Whereas, like in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin gets the upper hand over Dooku, and he's like, "Do it, kill him," and he does kill him. Like that's how you know that Anakin is not gonna be good. You know that's that that's. Parallel. But, and which, by the way, I love Dooku's character. Um, anyway, that's so like I can see like Luke is even though he's still ready as he'll ever be every Jedi is not perfect, you know? Mace Windu is too much of a pessimist, you know? And maybe he's the one who turned Anakin evil all along from not believing in him, you know? Or even Yoda was blind through the first movies, you know, in a way. He kind of ran away. mm -hmm. (laughs) Which really, like, if you think about it from, like, if you're truly on the side of democracy and society, and then you're... Like, the, de- the democracy elects an emperor to become an empire because they believe that the Jedi are evil and become outlawed. Like, if you truly are serving the Republic and they hate you, then, like, that's kind of an honorable thing to, like, go into exile. If you think about it. Yeah. So that's how I always understood why he went into hiding, you know. Protecting his teachings. You know, I, um, it's, uh... I, I like that because they kind of give more humanity mm-hmm. to Luke um, as far mm-hmm. as like or I mean he, they make him more like a real person mm-hmm. in that like everything he, like you said he doesn't do everything perfect even though he's supposed to be this perfect hero mm-hmm. like Return of the Jedi he's still like he's letting his emotions get to me the, him the reason like he goes all out on Vader is because he's literally dropping things mm-hmm. about like the fact that he has a sister and mm-hmm. everything and that's like gets to Luke's head, and he's like, "I'm not gonna let you, you know, do that." Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I don't know. I think all that stuff is so well put together, and such yeah. a just very good gradual progression of that character from where he started to where he ends up. Um, that's done better than any of the other trilogies. Like Anakin's story, I don't mm-hmm. think is as good as Luke's. I mean, and that's pretty obvious. But even like this new series with Ray, they had to like do some different things they couldn't really copy that same story so that's probably part of it mm-hmm. but like overall like her story i like her but like the story is not nearly as compelling like however they end it i don't think it's going to be nearly as compelling because they already had two movies where i don't think they've done enough mm-hmm. as what they did to luke by the time empire strikes back came mm-hmm. and return of the jedi was just like a big payoff yeah. um there's very few movies to me that i, I feel like that end on a cliffhanger and then like the payoff actually works and infinity war (laughs) i mean i mean yeah that's one i mean endgame was pretty that was serviceable i i mean i even said when infinity war came out i said that's a better cliffhanger than empire strikes back and i'm like i don't mean it's a better sequel i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's a better movie i'm saying that 
the actual cliffhanger in Infinity War is better because it's literally darker and you literally mm-hmm. had no clue. Well, for Infinity War or Empire? For Infinity War. With Empire Strikes Back, you kind of get the idea of like, well, they'll probably get Han Solo. Well, I would think about this, though. In context, trilogies weren't really big yet in the 70s and 80s. Right. Yet. By the time this comes out in 1980 or 81? 1980. 1980. Like, the only sequel, or the only trilogy that comes to mind is like the Sergio Leone ones, which doesn't really a trilogy. Um, so God, like, it wasn't like any trilogy. So yet, no right? one would expect a third movie that. to be a redemption story, you know, where it's like, that's the first time anyone has seen a movie end with that kind of a cliffhanger and be like, what could possibly... Because they have no other reference point where we have obvious references to... Empire is our reference point for sequels, right. you know? Is the Clint Eastwood movies a trilogy? No, it's not the same characters. We all it's, call it a trilogy. Yeah. It's the same, everyone working on them, but... It would be... Compar- it's like it could be the same person in them all, but there's no, like, lore. It's, so it's like the... the um, it's closer to Edgar Wright's trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Same people, same everything, same actors, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on a continuous storyline. Whereas, like, this, yeah, I guess that really was, like, kind of the first, like, actual trilogy. Because they had done... That people would think of as a trilogy, yeah. Where you actually had to, like, see, like, the whole progression of what happened. Because you don't have Back to the Future yet. You don't have Indiana Jones. And you had to wait three years for that Mm -hmm. next movie, which would have been just crazy. Man. Just crazy. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. just kind of want to wonder, like, what people actually thought. Because, you know, you can always hear the stories of, like, oh, no one knew, but... Sometimes want to like be there and be like, did anybody really not know though? The prequels were three years apart each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I knew that. Yeah. They, yeah, because they were, and so were the originals. That's why I thought it was like the new movies. They didn't do that because I was like, yeah, because they want to make that money quick. But I kind of wish they would have waited three years. Honestly, it would have made it like stretch out and be a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, again, the writing probably perfect then. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Overall, maybe they should have developed it a little longer and had things more planned. But, I mean, the original trilogy really wasn't planned. I don't care what George mm-hmm. Lucas says. It wasn't. Like, it really was just, like, <coughs> so many... <coughs> dying. Well, it's a serial, like Rage of the Lost Ark would have been. Right. You know? <laughs> just building upon the last movie and just seeing where they go next. And, like I said, even when they got to the end of Empire Strikes Back, I don't think they necessarily knew where they were going next with it. I mean... Harrison Ford wanted his character killed off, and Empire Strikes Back. They didn't know where they were going with it. I don't think they fully knew. Oh, at that I point. no, they didn't know if Harrison Ford would come back or not for Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I guess I had heard that they had like wrote those two movies sound like Back to the Future style. Wrote them, it's, didn't film them at the same time, but wrote them together to be planned to release. Well, it's the same. Two and three. It was the same writer for both of them, so it's like that was probably. Part of it there was probably like knowledge about where it would end up but mm-hmm. like as far as how it exactly played out i don't think every movie was like that planned mm-hmm. not as planned as like sequels are nowadays back then it was like man when they made the first star wars or mm-hmm. i mean george lucas had ideas but i don't think there was even any idea that there would be a sequel they all expected mm-hmm. the movie to bomb i i think that in terms you know this we're pretty much wrapping up this episode i think right yeah um you know, we're a couple weeks out from seeing Rise of Skywalker. I I think that we're going to have our... Personally, I haven't seen the trailer yet. 
I think that my expectations are going to be like I I don't know what to expect with it and I I feel like I'm going to be I don't want to say blown away but like it's going to exceed my my expectations. My only thing is that this I feel new like that so far. Trilogy just does still kind of feel smaller and mm-hmm. it just always has because like as large as the sets can get as um you know, practical as everything can be, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like such a big universe still as mm-hmm. the other movies did, and that kind of bothers me. But I will say the trailers have been kind of making it feel more like, especially like they keep kind of making it seem like it's gonna be a final battle, like space battle, and it looks like way larger and crazier than what we got. I was like, wow, they're actually gonna go a Star Wars. I just want the character development. Like, I want the the knit group of people that I think we're gonna get it I think we're gonna get it Uh, because of like different creators between like Marvel and this and Marvel we have 10 years of stuff this we have three movies out of like the past five years Um, but I think that I really see them wrapping up these characters well and wrapping up this contained sequel trilogy well I, I really I don't see them ending it bad I just think I could be very wrong. I hope I'm not, but I, I feel like seeing how Infinity War and Endgame turned out, being under Disney, mm-hmm. I see this being really well done. Yeah, I, I, especially with like Last Jedi, because you know the Force Awakens was very much a new hope again. Yeah, and Last Jedi was different from Empire, but it did a lot of the similar things too. Mm-hmm took a lot of influence mm-hmm. and um but they fit in a lot of stuff that was also in return of the jedi and i was like this is kind of cool because that means that they can't with the third movie rip off everything from return of the jedi they almost have to do different things like oh, they've yeah. already done the throne room scene like mm-hmm. they can't do unless they just do it again which I, I could see them doing my whole point is that as of right now i just based yeah part of it is end game because i'm like it's obvious that disney will take a risk with certain characters once in a while, mm-hmm. get rid of some of them, kill them off, and I was like, mm-hmm. with this next movie, I'm like, I guess I really don't know where they'll take it, because it's a matter mm-hmm. of how much do they want to rip off the original trilogy, and how much do they want to differentiate. Will Kylo Ren actually have a like a arc of redemption, or are they going to do something different? Because, I mean, we had Luke who did the right thing mm-hmm. and was a good guy. We had Anakin who did the dark side and then had a redemption maybe kylo ren will be went dark side and Mm -hmm. then stayed dark side and never got out of it and that will be the end of it that would be i think interesting but Mm -hmm. also if they did a redemption arc who knows i mean we don't know and i i like that ray is much it's not i hope they don't bring up who her parents are but like i wouldn't mind it I, I, but the thing is, like, if they did bring it up, as long as it's not Luke, who's the dad, I, I, I think they could do something interesting there, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I, I think there's a huge chance that certain characters could get killed off. As mm-hmm. of right now, I think, like, like, Poe or Finn could die. I, I really think they're gonna kill off Poe. I think they'll do mm-hmm. it. Especially since he was supposed they, to be I killed off. kill off Finn. He was supposed to, Poe was supposed to get killed off I in know. Force Awakens, so, so that's why I kind of think it's gonna be him. What if I, this is a theory going back to the the prequel trilogy, like how Palpatine basically like force built Anakin mm-hmm. <laughs> into immaculate conception? Like, 
if he did the same thing with Ray, like if he basically created Ray out of the Force and only raised Kylo through Snoke as a way, the same way he'd use Dooku, basically just to just to like have someone to push out of the way to raise up in emotional and the Force, like you know, have Ray get emotionally crazy, kill Kylo just so that he could make. Ray, his new conduit as control over the galaxy as a Sith. I don't want them to do that. Does I that keeps it with the theme though, which no, I, just, I just don't. I I never really liked that. Well, they haven't done it crazy well yet either, so they well, could do it for the first time really well now. I'd rather it be like since Han was away for a while or something. <laughs> he had a, he had Ray <laughs> or something. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm ready for whatever. I, I'm, st- I'm still on that Jyn Erso and that, um, what was that other guy's name? I forget. But I'm still putting money on that they didn't Pedro actually Pascal. die. What? Pedro Pascal? Jyn Erso? Yeah. Remember her and um, that guy Uh-oh. when they were on that planet when the Death Star was not really blowing it up, but blowing up that like area of it? So you think they were boning on the beach instead of dying? I think they lived, and I think that uh, Ray is their child, because... Are either of them Force-sensitive, or do they have to be? Matter. I, uh, that's what I mean, though. I, most deep down, though, I like that Ray doesn't have parents, because I like the idea that Force can come from anyone. And mm-hmm. last Jedi really tried to hammer that home, especially... With the final shot of the movie being a kid who very slightly used the Force for a second. It's like, yeah, the Force can come from anywhere. Mm Because these movies didn't really figure that out up until now because they kept focusing on the Skywalkers. Mm -hmm. My only thing is, though, is that this new one's literally called The Rise of Skywalker. Someone Mm -hmm. had the theory that, like, oh, that's just going to be the new name for Jedi. And they're going to abandon Jedi and just create a new order. But it's going to be the Order of Skywalkers. And that's what the term... Because, like, literally it's going to be like a Skywalker. People who travel the galaxy. Oh, instead of calling them Jedi, they're they're Skywalkers. Skywalkers. Yeah, and they're going to change up like the whole idea of what that... Um, like but like, I thought that's a cool theory, but I'm like, also, I, I, I already know people are going to be pissed at that movie. There's no... Okay, here's the thing. People liked Force Awakens, but there were a lot of people who were like, oh, I just copied a New Hope and blah, 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 and they were kind of just annoying about it. And then there I'm was... those people, but... Then, and then there was Last Jedi, though, where people really, really liked it, and people really, really hated it, and I think both honestly are kind of like I mean it's a good movie but I'm like some of the stuff I'm like calm down like some of the other Star Wars movies had that too and Mm -hmm. you're like going a little extra with this but people who hated it every one of their reasonings I think is kind of ridiculous Mm -hmm. but like that's what I mean like wow so with this movie since there's such big detractors on both sides about this and how I always hear like Last Jedi fans I feel like are not going to be satisfied because I've heard the same people who like Last Jedi don't really like J.J. Abrams. I'm like, oh, and he's hmm. coming back. So, of course, they'll be disappointed. And um, I feel like people who hated Last Jedi won't be satisfied because it, they already are setting them up for failure. Like, all I keep seeing online is, like, who's going to be a big bomb, even though it's, like, it's outselling, like, pre-sales like crazy. What are you talking about? It's going to be a bomb. Yeah, it's not a bomb. But I think... that What I think about it, though, is... It's going to be the, the fact that the Emperor's in it. I think people are going to be disappointed by him because I truly believe it's not going to be that big of a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's actually alive. Okay. I I just hope if it ends up Rey fighting the Emperor that she just doesn't... I don't, I don't want her to be stronger than the Emperor. Yeah, no, I get that. Because that hasn't been... Uh, um, that hasn't been for anybody yet. Nobody's been stronger than the Emperor yet. And it would be kind of weird if... 
than she is. That would feel a little unfair. Mm-hmm. It would feel unfair because Luke wasn't... Vader really wasn't either because tossing him overboard killed Vader. So, like, realistically, she shouldn't be the she shouldn't be able to defeat him. But I also don't think he's actually alive. I do. I, I think because they're gonna bring it all together. I think they're gonna bring in the play a story somehow. I think they're gonna use that. I don't know. I think he was the apprentice who learned it all. He's Darth. <laughs> Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, the Emperor, whoever we're gonna call him, like Chief. After so, like this is the last time. This is the first time watching through the whole prequel and original trilogy. That like I f- think I fully have a grasp on everything, like from the politics to this, where like if the Emperor is like what immaculately conceived or whatever made Anakin possible was able to like manipulate his dreams potentially kill Padme like to raise Darth Maul to be killed and then to have Dooku to be killed just so he could have the most powerful person in existence be his underling Mm -hmm. like to bring himself back from the dead doesn't seem at all impossible like his own will to be to be you know for him to like talk to Kylo Ren through Darth Vader's helmet to like the way, you know. the way I see it is he was Darth Plagueis' apprentice Darth Plagueis taught him everything he knows Darth Plagueis didn't know how to save himself but Sheev had the time and patience and skill set to take the time to learn how to come back so I think that he figured it out and that's how it's going to come full circle mm-hmm. so he's going to come back I think but we should wait and see. I don't think he's alive. Also, I think it's going to be J.J. Abrams' <clears throat> best movie ever, like uh, he's ever done. What uh, What do you guys rank the original Star Wars? They're all five-star movies, five out of five. And um, it, the first one's the best one. Empire is the second best one. Return of the Jedi is the third best one uh, of like, the whole series. Like that? That's your list? Yeah, it's like one, two, three, top. And it all goes in order from there. I have uh, one, two, and four. <laughs> I have uh, Force Awakens as number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a time where I maybe would have seen Force Awakens as better as Return of the Jedi, very better. But then I was like, I kind of do like the whole completion of the story here. And mm-hmm. Force Awakens, rewatching it more and more, there's parts of it I don't like as much. But how do you rank them? Uh. Five, six, four, I think, is how I. Mm-hmm. Five, six, four in that order, but they're at the top. At, at the top. So yeah, five, six, four. This do you want to give? Do you have your ten? We can do the list right now, even though we're gonna have a sequel episode next week. Yeah, and uh, Chloe, do you have your list ready? Mine goes one, two, three. <coughs> so all for oh, like four, in four, order four, five, of release. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, because let me pull up my list quick. I can say my full ten right now. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, five. Well, I, I'll say those names: Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. So, yeah, um, yeah. My list does not include the Clone Wars movie, for I haven't seen it. 
and holiday special I don't include in this. Uh, but it goes the first Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Solo, Episode 3, Episode 2, Episode 1, and the worst Star Wars movie is Rogue One. What? Yep, we'll get it. Oh my god. <laughs> Gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know people oh, will be man. like, what the hell, but come on. I, we'll oh. talk about it later. <laughs> That's going to be a topic, yo. So mine goes Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Episode 3, Episode 1, Episode 2, and then Rogue One. Oh, see? Oh she God. has a bomb, too. Ooh. Ah. It looks like it's going to be a side-by-side war. <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, Alright. <clears throat> I got A New Hope, Empire, Force Awakens, Jedi, uh, Return of the Sith, or Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, Last Jedi, Solo, Episode 1, Episode 2, and then the Clone Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then the holiday special. So you had Rogue One above... Last Jedi? Yeah. Okay. But we don't really have any Last Jedi haters in this house. Well, now I kind of no, I like I kind of want to switch <laughs> Return of the Jedi before the Force Awakens just to No. Cuz I can think of things that I don't like about Force Awakens, but I can't, I still can't think of anything I don't like about the whole original trilogy. Right. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I'm still trying to think of something I hate and I can't think. No, in Force Awakens we'll get to it, but like a lot of the stuff is just cuz I I saw that movie seven times in theaters. There are things... There's things at this point where I'm just... It's more nitpicky. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I don't like that shot. Mm-hmm. It does have some ugly shots in it, which... I'm switching it. The only thing... The <laughs> Jedi is back up to three. That's why I was like, Last Jedi, I will say, is like one of the best shot in the series. Whereas, like, Force Awakens, it has a couple ugly shots here and there. The new trailers have made it look like this new movie is shot, like, spectacular. Like, crazy good. I still think... Uh, Last Jedi would have been a lot better if Akbar made the sacrifice to do this. Yeah, I, I fully believe that too. I, I don't know if you're the one who told me that or not, but I fully believe that it would have been. That that seems to be the Last Jedi haters go to mm-hmm. thing, and I don't want to hate on that character. But yeah, especially because it's a strong female character. But I like I, the idea of, but well, Akbar would have been I, so I, much I, I, way I, better I, payoff. I, I 100% she would have been fine to carry on into the, this next movie, but mm-hmm. I think. We had a, we have a connection to Akbar. Well, it's funny because people have like people who really like Last Jedi defended and they're like they're like leave, you know like Akbar wouldn't have been that great because he was barely developed. I was like, bro, this new character was just introduced. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. You could have developed Akbar a little at this point, make him a little more stern and like added some character if you wanted. But mm-hmm. instead, you introduced a new character, which is fine. I do I. I like that actress, and I like mm-hmm. I do like that character the way th- she is with Poe. But it's like it is annoying to be like, "Hi, here's new character. Goodbye, new character." It's like I hate that. Yeah, movie. I think she's big in Star Wars Rebels or something. Who? They're- Holdo. Ho- yeah. Uh, no, she's not. In Rebels. She's not. Okay, I thought someone said she's a big uh, character in she's a big, books or comics. She's comic a big or? character in the books. She's okay. a big character in the what was that series called? I don't know. There's a trilogy of books that she's aftermath. In. Aftermath. Actually, I don't know if that's true, but I, that might I've be read, one of the books. I read the first aftermath, and I was so bored. I was like, I'm not going to read these. I books think that's just the first book in the series. <laughs> um, did you want to do last movie on Earth? I have mine. Uh, I don't mine will go by pretty quick. 
I mean, we're at an hour and 47 It's minutes. not a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of the last non-Star Wars movie I watched. Okay, I got it. Oh, you know what? Alright, well, well let's... I got, I got pulled the synopsis. Let's, let's do the last movie on Earth, the game show where we do the last movie on Earth. Yeah, and this is the, the game, and this is how it works, and we try to talk about it, and if you guess it, yep. you get two points, or you get one point, and if you don't guess it, you get two points, and here's, here's the score. It's uh, Hunter's at <laughs> 76, Justin's at 66, Chloe's at 50, and Zach's at 52. What the hell? Right, yeah, he passed you. That was for a while you were ahead. Alright, y'all ready for this? Bring it. Okay. I'm gonna do mine. Just, just, just see if you guys can get it. Um, a brilliant but deranged neurosurgeon becomes obsessively fixated on a judge's daughter who in no way wants him. With the help of an escaped criminal whose face has been surgically deformed, the madman lures her, her father, and her fiancé to his isolated castle-like home where he has created Ten a of the opera? chamber no, no. I'm wrong. in his cellar using devices from the stories of Edgar Allan Poe with whose works he is also obsessed with the intent of torturing them for having tortured him. 1935. Shit. Is it like the oh, Raven or something? The, it is the Raven. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> I say the Whoa. Chloe. The did, That's did wild. Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say the Raven, but I was like, John Cusack's the Raven? <laughs> <laughs> I need to borrow it. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and then you said 1935, so it was... Yeah, it's older movie. Okay. Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Um... Good movie. Universal Horror. You can't go wrong, really. I got this new set from Universal of their non-monster movies, and this was... They're, they're, they're enjoyable. Um, they're not, like... This movie's literally 61 minutes, so it goes by quick. Sounds up. It's a good time. Uh, has nothing to do with the actual Raven poem, really. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah. <clears throat> he is a robot. Left on I, Earth. I just saw it. Oh. Whatever. It's okay. Left but, on Earth to clean up garbage. Wally. Yeah. I mean... Sorry. Yeah, I guess it's I, okay. I was, I was <laughs> just trying to lean over to that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I would have guessed it, but I didn't know if you were going to guess it. Yeah, when you said clean up garbage, maybe I would have. Oh, I was but... waiting for you. I was like literally waiting for you to say it. And I was like, no. wait, I could say it right now. <laughs> I was like, I'm still not saying it. Then Wally's a good-ass movie. Arguably the best Pixar movie next to Incredibles. Mm-hmm. I don't think I thought you were going to say... I just watched it because I... I don't know. I hadn't seen it in a while. He was a robot. She is a mermaid. What's your... <laughs> uh, what are your star ratings for both, I guess? For Wally? I'd yeah. I'd like to go three and a half. Oof. Yeah, the it's, it's not... It's like a mid-Pixar movie for me. Yeah. It's like a five-star movie for me. I, I, I don't yeah. give animated movies five stars, like, ever. Wally for me is yeah, one. I don't, that and Incredibles. I don't know why you're such a snob with animated movies. Snob. You're a snob. I like. I think. I think. I'd not emotionally attached to a lot of them. Yeah, sounds like an animation hater to me. Racist and animation. <laughs> okay, it's my turn. Um, when the president of the United States crash lands on uh, the island of Manhattan, a security prison, uh, the authorities turn into a former soldier and current convict to rescue him. Crash lands. 
They what? Wait, and they hire who? When the president of the United States crash lands on Manhattan, now a security prison, the authorities turn to a former soldier and current convict to rescue him. What year is this? Nineteen eighty-one. Oh, escape from New York. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Big Trouble. The, the year. <laughs> really? <laughs> Another John Carpenter movie. That well, that year, the year helped me a lot. But is that the first time you've seen it? Yeah. Was it? Did you enjoy it? Uh, no, I didn't. You Which didn't like is it. weird because I really like John Carpenter, but I'm trying. To, I want to watch more of his movies because. I want to make sure that he's worth what people talk say about him. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. This is like a four point two or something on Letterbox. I didn't think it was that great. I didn't really think anyone's acting in it was good. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell even just didn't. I mean, like, he was a oh like overdone '80s action hero, but you know. So, so you're not gonna see the sequel then, Escape. I am. <laughs> I mean, see Escape from LA. I still haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China, but it's on. I think they're both either on Amazon Prime or on HBO right now. So that movie, you would enjoy that movie. Um, I don't think Escape from LA is, but Big Trouble in Little China is either on HBO I, or on I Amazon. Own Escape from New York, and I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, John Carpenter. I mean, there's a lot of movies I want to see of his, especially the fact that he like directed a movie like a movie every year in the 80s yeah so like there's a lot to like catch up there if you haven't seen most of his work some of them are good this one seemed like it was very small considering it was New York right you know what I'm saying <laughs> bye everyone bye I'm going into a car multiple yeah. cars thanks it's cold it's negative 26 with the wind chill nice oh Jesus yikes nice we're Minnesota Okay. Let's see if you can get mine just by like the little tagline mm-hmm. that's at the top of it. Does our guest count if we're wrong? Because <laughs> yes, it's gonna what? be easy. Oh, okay. The saga is complete. Um, hmm. Return sure. of the Jedi. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that one. Wait, who's it? Oh. <laughs> See? <laughs> that doesn't complete, complete the saga. <laughs> the tagline is wrong. Maybe George Lucas thinks so. Wait, so what's the tagline from Return of the Jedi? Is it literally the same thing? The saga is oh my, halfway there. <laughs> the saga, the trilogy is complete. The saga is but The Skywalkers oh. are complete. The George Lucas is, is like. The Empire Falls for Return of the Jedi. Well, that gave everything away. <laughs> yeah, that does kind of give it away, actually. <laughs> like, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but mm-hmm. still. No, I want to read all the tables. That's what I freaking hate. I remember I was watching uh, uh, the prequel trilogy with someone a couple years ago who had never watched any Star Wars movies. And we started chronologically, not in order of the makes, um, which is a whole conversation. Um, But we were watching the DVD menu of Revenge of the Sith, and it shows Palpatine throwing out the red lightsaber and slashing Jedi. And you're like... This is in the DVD menu right. of Revenge of the Sith. Like, how more evil could these people be right. by spoiling the movie like this? Did did um did you guess that, Zach, or did you? I did. Okay. I didn't okay. guess anything. Can you guess this one? Every generation has a legend. Every journey has a first step. Every saga has a beginning. That's kind of nice. Solo. <laughs> okay. How about every generation has a story? 
A New Hope. I don't even know. Yes. Um, uh, Attack of the Clones. Blade Runner 2049. It's a... Uh, oh, yes. Fringully. I can't think of the name. What name? Oh, American Sniper. Seven. Yeah, Chloe got Really? That. Yeah, that was Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens. I knew it started with an S. A rebellion builds hope. Every saga has a holiday. It's <laughs> late. <laughs> okay, can we actually like do a Christmas thing? Yeah. Have life. Can we walk into a song? Yeah. <laughs> here, here goes. <laughs> well, um, that was our episode on the originals, the trilogy. I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll talk about them in the future. Uh, but thanks for listening, everyone. And next time we will be doing the sequels, of course. Mm-hmm. So spinoffs as well. Uh, but thanks for listening. And remember, always, always beware the swamp. Thanks for listening to this episode. So which of the original trilogy is your personal favorite? Do you find some of them to be overrated? Do you find some of the movies from the prequels or sequel trilogy to be better than these ones? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp.